feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. Welcome in, everybody, to another Dreamisode. We are all here today, the Travi and the Barnes brothers, ready for another dream of Daniel Sons. So um, as we look at his background, it's got a Swamp Thing. Maybe he dreamt about Swamp Thing. We don't know. So <laughs> Could be but, putting, uh, throw you guys off. Maybe bring it up as a prophecy. You guys will have to just find out. That's a possibility. But like always, I've got a sealed envelope here. Says Dream Thirty Two. I did just open it previous because I didn't know how long it was going to take me to open. (laughs) But I didn't read it. I promise. Um, So I'm pulling. I'm pulling it out right now. Um, That's inappropriate. uh, it is. Uh, I, and the name of the dream today is called The Pond. Ooh. So, so could there we... be a swamp thing at the pond? You'll have to stay tuned to find out. I'm going to guess there is there will be. some type of creature humanoid in the pond. <laughs> the pond thing. <laughs> Like swampy's <laughs> lame or cousin. <laughs> what is that one creature called? The Black Lagoon or something? Creature, creature of the Black from the Black Lagoon. Lagoon. <laughs> That's what it is. What's that show called where there's a bus that couldn't slow down? I think it was called The Bus That Couldn't Slow Down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. I get out of an old 1990s box-shaped Crown Vic. Oh, your dad's car. (laughs) As I step out of the vehicle, I immediately begin to stretch my arms and legs. I innately know I was in the car for a long time due to the stiffness I'm experiencing throughout my body. Although, (laughs) (laughs) Although, I don't have any recollection of the drive itself. Anyway... Once out of the steel behemoth, I look over to see that I was not alone on this road trip. I watched as my son, Kai, my friend, Travis C., and my brother-in-law, JD, all step out of the automobile and begin stretching their legs. I have a hard time believing that I'm in that group. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does seem out of place. (laughs) (laughs) Say that it made sense. I just said, uh... <laughs> "Yeah, see, I don't think I can continue reading this dream. I just don't think it's logical." <laughs> <laughs> but there may be actually a logical reason behind it. Um, well, let's see. Ooh. Let's see what it is. We all take a moment and take in a few breaths of fresh air while scanning our surroundings. About 20 feet away from where we had parked was an overgrown, boggy, swampy pond. After several moments, the four of us looked at each other, nodded, and telepathically agreed that this place was as good as any to spend the afternoon. (laughs) 
see, you know what? I actually changed my mind because oftentimes when we were kids, did I end up in places just like this swampy pond <laughs> for absolutely no good reason with random people I wouldn't be with. And wanted to go home so bad. <laughs> so. Yeah, this is actually seeming fairly true. Yeah, this is this is okay. I yeah, I take it all back right now. Oh wait, well, I, I thought this was a dream, but maybe it turns out it was just a memory. This is the <laughs> memory of us driving to a swampy pond in your ground, your dad's ground, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> I then reached into the back seat of the old Crown Vic and pulled out my trusty old mitt and a baseball and started heading toward the pond. <laughs> my trusty old mitt. <laughs> well, you, this gotta, wasn't... <laughs> you can't have an untrustworthy mitt. <laughs> this wasn't your typical round or circular shaped pond. Instead, it would look more like an ink splatter if one were to fly over the pond or do some aerial reconnaissance of the area with a drone. Did you do aerial reconnaissance <laughs> with the drone? I was able to, at some point, for some reason, I was able to get like an aerial view of this pond. So I kind of knew what it looked like from above, but I don't think I necessarily had a drone. I just had an out of body experience or something. I don't know. <laughs> For this reason, the pond did not have a nice, consistent bank. Instead, it had many inlets and small coves scattered about. This bog-like area was also home to a variety of large trees. These trees had roots that bobbed and weaved through the ground surrounding the pond. These trees had all been growing here together for so long. Their root systems had become so intertwined that one could not tell with roots which roots belonged to with <laughs> Danny's like he says we mapped out this entire area. <laughs> no, but it was just that he misspelled which and he's and he put with, so it just sounds like he has a lisp. He's like, that one could tell with roots belonged to with trees. <laughs> 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 However, the roots themselves would protrude randomly from the ground in tangled masses, some of which would span over parts of the pond itself. These exposed portions of the root system provided us with ideal platforms on which to stand on, on which to stand on, on which to stand. Yeah. Uh, for <laughs> our daily, <laughs> Wait, for our daily game of catch. <laughs> For a so we just get out and go to the <laughs> pond and we all stand on roots sticking out of the pond to play catch. Yeah. <laughs> and you do this every day. <laughs> Our daily catch or game of catch. <laughs> well, we did we did apparently I think we did the catch every day, but we went to Not at the pond. Uh, Your son it. Kai though is like, I just wish my dad would take just me to do catch sometime <laughs> and not for <laughs> Travis and JD with him all the time. <laughs> the four of us each positioned ourselves equ equidistant. 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 Damn it, Danny. <laughs> Equally <laughs> apart. Equidistant from one another in different areas of the pond and began to throw the ball. We were like a well-oiled machine as we threw the ball around the horn. 
as if we were the starting infield for the New York Yankees. What are you, 87 years old? (laughs) (laughs) We drew it like the well-oiled machine, just like old Mickey Mantle did when he was playing for the old New York Mets back in the river, river, river. (laughs) 75-year-old man. I like the way they just trails off. Like, <laughs> Why was I going to continue to go? These podcasts are already long enough without me doing an impression of an old man for 40 minutes. <laughs> it took about an hour before we experienced our first error. Trav had thrown an errant ball that sailed over his intended recipient's head and splashed down into the murky water. Never would happen. This oh. would not be the only time Trav would throw a ball. On this summer afternoon, a bad ball. I'm like, yeah, I probably threw it many times. (laughs) We were playing catch. For an hour. For an hour. (laughs) Wasn't the only time Trav would throw a bad ball on this summer afternoon. Luckily, Trav had no qualms with diving headfirst into the moss-covered marine to recover the ball. I would have qualms. I'd have many qualms. (laughs) There could be many creatures in that thing. Like, free like swamp leeches 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 are a big one that's almost scarier than swamp you're forgetting the black lagoon creature yeah (laughs) yeah the creature from the black lagoon more scared of leeches (laughs) (laughs) i i for one did not have any desire to jump into the opaque waters of this pool (laughs) we managed to make it through the afternoon and into the evening before i had my first wayward throw We've been throwing that long. (laughs) (laughs) That episode of Friends where they throw the ball back and forth for like the entire day. Yeah, I definitely wanted to go home. (laughs) That's probably why you threw in the water. You're like, maybe if I jump in the water, maybe if I lose the ball, uh, we could. And then Danny's like, "You'll have no qualms about jumping in to retrieve that, I suppose." (laughs) Have some qualms. I'm just saying he'd have no qualms. Qualms, whatever. Qualms. Getting late. You also have no qualms about this, right? There will be no 12 men. Unfortunately, I threw the ball just out of reach of my son, Kai, and watched in horror as the ball cleared the main section of the pond in, and plopped into a narrow tributary on the far side of the muddy outcropping. What kind of words are these? <laughs> With <laughs> within a split second of the ball landing into the waters unknown, the heckling and teasing teasing began. We would never. <laughs> you <laughs> you threw it. You get it, yelled Trav. Kai, will you get it? I asked nicely. What a puss. <laughs> no way, Dad. It's scary over there, he replied. Danny, just go get it. JD chimes in. I don't know. That's not how JD talks, but fine. I'll get it. I yell as I start making my way off my segment of the root system and toward the pond's bank. Once, (laughs) once on the bank, I must make my way around a long single story building that resembles what I'd imagine the backside of a strip mall would look like. However, I think that this building is really just a public restroom. Once on the other side, I find myself entering into a spacious parking lot. Typically, this would be this would not be so strange. Yet in this situation, 
it surely was. Although, <laughs> although this was obviously a parking lot, where these had been at some point, there were no vehicles on it. This is because the entire parking lot was covered in a maze of giant tree, of giant tree roots <laughs> that must have must have overtaken the black pavement over the years until there was nothing more than a tangled mass located where cars used to be. Now, if we go by the rule of thumb that we've realized, you know, if Danny oh, yeah. needs to real, you know, figure out if it's a dream, he just has to take Check a look at the gravel. parking lot. <laughs> is, it, is it a normal parking lot or is it different? Because if it's different, it's probably it stone. <laughs> cobblestone is it brick is there is roots it all over it <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think there I was gravel at one point in that <laughs> I would like to call up too at one point a little bit ago Danny mentioned he said it's what I imagined the back of a strip mall would look like have you never seen the back of a strip mall do you have to imagine this complicated <laughs> <laughs> what a young boy has always dreamed of seeing in the back of a strip mall, but I could only imagine it's beautiful brickwork. Remember the theater in Bountiful, Utah, right behind Shaw? <laughs> yeah, that one. That was in the back of the mall. <laughs> you could just look off the freeway when you're getting off of uh, Farmington exit to Farmington Station and just see all the backside of all those buildings. <laughs> you can only imagine. <laughs> It's what I could only imagine the back of a strip mall would look like. <laughs> <laughs> the dumpster is so lovely placed with equal space between the buildings and with the women working the shift, smoking cigarettes out on the stairs. Beautiful. <laughs> Lacking the signs above the uh, stores. <laughs> it was, it took- it was uh, pretty magical. <laughs> Good. It took to some it. time and definitely was not easy to traverse this massive web of organic matter, but I can't lie. I'm sure I took several detours along the way as I made my way toward the other end of you the parking lot. Detours? <clears throat> Partially, I was in no hurry to make it over to the area in which the ball had landed, and part of me was hoping that if I took long enough, that somehow Kai, Travis, and JD would all forget that I had thrown the ball in the dark recesses of the pond and would no longer hold me accountable to retrieve it. Sadly, when I did finally arrive at the destination and looked back over my shoulder, the three of them had not forgotten, and I threw the ball in the water after all. <laughs> or, or no, had not forgotten that I threw the ball in the water after all. I don't know why you think they would forget. You have been playing it for hours <laughs> hours you've been playing this and you have derailed the game now and you think they're gonna forget in the two minutes it takes you to walk through your weird root parking lot goldfish <laughs> gold? you say goldfish yeah because goldfish have super short memories apparently oh, oh. oh yes Oh, I thought you were referring to like goldfish were in the pond or something. I know. I was like, I don't know. There could be goldfish in the pond. Alan just throws in random sea creatures to the best of his knowledge. He's like, I bet there's eels in there. We're like, okay, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So I pulled my cell phone out of my pocket and turned on the flashlight located on the back side. I then slowly inched my way out onto the slick, muddy peninsula to get a better look at what I was dealing with at the moment. After several feet of inching, I outstretched my arm, phone in hand, to illuminate the dark water below. I swung the light from side to side in search of the missing ball, but alas, it was nowhere in sight. I turned around to let the guys know the bad news. Sorry, can't see the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Go on. So far, so good. Well, well, you're going to have to jump in to find it, JD says. Are you kidding me? It's too dark to jump in. How deep is this pond anyway? I ask. I can, <laughs> I can hear a faint splash in the distance as Travis jumps into the water and begins to dive toward the bottom. I would not. It's just total bullcrap. He is absent from view for almost a minute before resurfacing. That is also like I have no air, like lung capacity. Like I could not hold it for that long. Um, be dead. <laughs> I would be dead. And I don't think it's because I couldn't hold my breath that long. I think it's because I panic and I feel claustrophobic. And so then I just like, <laughs> but anyway, in like dark water. Yeah. So, uh, he is absent for view for almost a minute before resurfacing. If I had to guess, I'd say this pond is about 30 meters, <laughs> 30 feet deep. <laughs> Trav screams as he wipes the excess water from his face. <laughs> Yeah, that's far too deep to dive at night. Don't worry, I'll buy you guys a new ball in the morning, I I respond. Of course the guys won't back down and continue to attempt to peer pressure me into jumping into the water on a wild goose chase after a small ball in the middle of the night. It's freaking like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Yet despite my obvious hesitations, the guys are relentless. So much so that I get awfully close to jumping into the water on several occasions. Nevertheless, each time I look down into the pitch black water below with my feet on the edge of the bank, I begin to think twice about the decision I'm about to make. On one hand, if I were to jump into the pond in search of the baseball, I would more than likely come out virtually unharmed and we could resume our game of catch in the middle of the night. (laughs) At a swamp pond. (laughs) (laughs) On the other hand, it only takes one poor decision in life to end up dead. Is it really worth dying over a baseball? I think to myself. Ultimately, well. You gotta think rationally. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimately, the other guy's dismay. To the other guy's dismay, I make the the executive decision to not pursue the baseball anymore and call it a night. I then head back to the car to get more, to get some shut eye. We've decided to stay the night. Okay. <laughs> well, it's your daily uh, ritual where you live at this swamp <laughs> and play baseball for hours on end. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing I know, my eyes open to the subtle glow of the morning light as it broke through the canopy of trees that laid overhead. In an attempt to get out of my current groggy state, I decided to get out of the vehicle and enjoy a brisk walk around the pond. As the sun made its way over the horizon and higher into the sky, I could see the pond itself take on a much less menacing vibe and transform into a more pleasant atmosphere. In fact, the water itself even seemed to be much clearer as I could now see the rocks 
resting on the bottom of the pond in some of the shallower areas. I thought this may be a good time to walk over the, to where the ball had fallen into the water to see if I could get a glimpse of the ball from the shore. When I finally made my way to that side of the pond, I not only could see the bottom, but could see the entire bed of the cove. That is so amazing. I know. Since, cool. a, <laughs> since apparently there must be some type of tide effect on this pond that causes the water level to increase. How? Other than rain. In the evening and retreat in the morning. I saw this as the perfect opportunity to jump down into the bed of the pond and search for the missing baseball. So without another thought, I slid down onto the muddy floor of the pond. I looked and looked for that darn ball. <laughs> for that darn ball. For the better part of the morning, but could not find it anywhere. As I began to scour the pond floor for what I decided would be the last time, I suddenly got a sense in the pit of my stomach that something wasn't quite right. For some unknown reason, my heart started beating faster and faster. The palms of my hands began to sweat and the hairs on my neck stood up. Perhaps out of instinct or deep-rooted rationality, I immediately turned around and began booking it back toward the bank I had entered the pond from. Amid my panicked scramble to get out of the pond, I realized that a slippery, wet 90-degree mud wall stood between my current whereabouts and my eventual freedom. I pulled and scratched at the wall, trying desperately to gain some type of foothold that could propel me to the surface, but it was all in vain. The edge of the pond was just far too slick and slimy for me to have any realistic chance of escaping on my own. This is when I noticed something jutting out of the mud wall just above me. It took me a moment to make out what it was, but when I did, I intuitively stumbled backward tripping on a root sticking out of the bed of the pond. As I laid on my back, staring up at the insurmountable mud wall, <laughs> insurmountable mud wall that lay before me, I could clearly see the object bulging from the bank wall. It was Something. a human... <laughs> what? Something. <laughs> Is it something? <laughs> it was a human skull. Oh, gosh. Per perhaps it was my newfound angle from the pond floor. But as I looked around, I could see that this skull was not alone. Instead, it was one of hundreds of human skulls embedded into the side of this pond. What the hell is going on here? I thought to myself, I wasn't going to stay in this pond for a second longer than I had to. I pulled myself back up and began jamming my fingers into the mud, determined to climb out. I was just about to scream for help when I looked up and saw Kai standing over me on the bank shore. He must have seen the panic in my eyes as he reached down and grabbed my head without saying a word. <laughs> what? Why did he grab your head? <laughs> supposed to say hand. No, he grabbed your head. <laughs> I feel like Paul. He reached down and silently popped my head off. <laughs> I'm thinking like, Kai's the swamp thing. <laughs> yeah, he's the skull collector. That'd be a nice twist to this dream. I know. Spice things up. 
Kai said, finally, one of them, Dad. <laughs> In my ball collection. And then he popped your skull off. <laughs> With Kai's help, I was able to get enough leverage to escape the muddy pit and roll onto the grassy bank, gasping for air, but happy to be free of that hellhole. With this recent traumatic... Uh, with this recent traumatic incident, coupled with the fact that I could not find our missing baseball, left us with truly little choice but to leave the pond and head into the small neighboring town. Once we arrived, we found a quaint little coffee shop and decided we could all use a little pick-me-up to get our day started. Hey, the Danny, four of us <laughs> is this yeah. baseball, is it signed by Babe Ruth or something? Why are you so obsessed? <laughs> With, like, finding this baseball. Why is it causing such <coughs> sorrow among the members of your crew? <laughs> it was signed by somebody. Babe, something. Baby, Baby Ruth. <laughs> the great Bambino. Oh, my gosh, that's the same guy? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they would take that that plot of the sand lot and put it into this swamp and call it the swamp lot, and that's, like, Danny's dream. <laughs> <laughs> See, you should have called this dream the swamp lot. <laughs> I've said from the very beginning that you make very poor. What is it called? Of- I don't even remember what it was called. What was it called? It's called the pond. Oh yeah, the pond. <laughs> anyway, in hindsight, yes, the swamp lot makes more sense. Like a better name. <laughs> Never too late. The four of us all walk inside, order our cups of joe, and sit down at a table located toward the far corner of the cafe. A few minutes later, a small group of local townspeople poured into the shop and were bantering about spreading the day's gossip amongst each other. I could could help but overhear as one of the people began to to talk to the group about a local man who was found dead by the pond this morning. The strange thing was the man's head was completely missing. It was as if someone had chopped it off clean. It was Kai. (gasps) Kai. Oh, my gosh. The new tidbit of information has me reeling. Not so much because I'm afraid of the headless body, but because I know that the four of us would be prime suspects in this case, as as we were there all day and night. See, this is what you get me into. Murder cases. (laughs) (laughs) So once again, I'm forced to put my detective hat on, as I figure we don't have much time before the authorities will look will be looking to arrest us. It's up to us to solve this case before that happens. <laughs> the four of us all get up and leave our half-empty cups of caffeinated brew behind and head further into town in order I mean, to begin our investigation. I'll admit, you guys don't have a really good alibi. We don't. They'll be like, they'll be like so tell me, what were you doing down by the pond? Well, sir, we were playing baseball catch for, well, seven hours. <laughs> so you three adult men and this younger boy were at the pond by yourselves playing catch for six hours? Tell me more about that. Well, the ball went into the swamp and Trap jumped in without a single qualm. Qualm. Without a single qualm. <laughs> That's nonsense. You guys have a horrible case. You're definitely killers. (laughs) We're definitely going to jail. (laughs) As we walk deeper into town, we come across the local hospital, although this hospital doesn't look much like a typical hospital. One would imagine seeing. 
It looks more like a three-story parking garage as each floor is open and exposed, but has those half walls around the sides that stand out about three to four feet high. Anyway, I figure this could be a good place to start our questioning. Since it's like that, the headless body would have been brought here after it was found. Perhaps we could find a doctor or someone who had a better idea of what could have really caused the decapitation. Unfortunately, as we pursued the halls in the hospital, we were unable to locate a single employee. In fact, the only person we found in the hospital at all was a patient who was located on the third floor. She was pretty, had long blonde hair and a blue dress on. My That's first the instinct. perfect way not to be suspected for murder. <laughs> start asking around, hey, how did that get decapitated? <laughs> Have you guys found any clues on the old case, that? huh? Or your uh, <laughs> old suspects that I, that I should know of? <laughs> <laughs> My first instinct was she didn't appear to be sick or anything. I introduced myself to her and explained what, what that we're doing some detective work. I asked her what her name was, and she simply replied, my name is Elsa. Like, <laughs> so it's now Frozen. From Frozen. I had somehow found the queen of Arendelle in this strange small hospital. I thanked her for her time and proceeded <laughs> to back my way out of her room and left the hospital once outside we could hear the women singing at the, the woman singing at the top of her lungs we looked up towards the third floor and could see her sitting in front of a large vanity mirror brushing her long blonde hair well that was a bust trav says <laughs> sounds about right i agreed and started to look for our next source it didn't take long for me to see my next target that sounds murdery. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that sound murdery. I agree. I'm not doing us any favors. Is that <laughs> you can just see you talking to me like, no, we were really doing detective work. Like we walked around to find our next target. <laughs> Victim. I mean, oh god, witness. Uh, what? Well, is somebody to help us? <laughs> Across the street from the hospital stood a large, menacing, and ominous castle. <laughs> You and your castles. <laughs> this building again. stuck was out they, like a uh, sore thumb. <laughs> what was the uh, castle in your last stream? What kind was it? That was of the 15th century. 15th century. Hungarian. Hungarian style. Gothic. Yeah. It was much more of the 16th century European style. Hungarian. <laughs> frozen, too. Yeah. This building stuck out like a sore thumb as it did not seem to match the style and decor of any of the other buildings in town. Yeah, no kidding. You're in a normal town with a castle right in the middle. <laughs> um, what is that building? I wait. <laughs> yeah. What is that building? I half, I half say to myself and to the others. <laughs> I then quickened my pace in anticipation. Is that how you say it, Trev? Like, I half said it. I half, oh, I half say to myself. And half the others. <laughs> I was thinking you were trying to say, I have. What is that building? I have to say to myself and to the others. <laughs> I, I then quickened my pace in anticipation of seeing who was living inside. Woefully, the doors to the castle were sealed shut with a series of locks and chains. Someone definitely does not want us in there. 
I looked around for another potential entrance, but the only one I can find belongs to a small school located right next to the castle. Perfect place for a school. That doesn't Without sound a- like an entrance. It sounds like <laughs> a school. I couldn't find a way into the building, but the building next door had a door, and I went into that one. <laughs> <laughs> Without a better plan in place at the moment, we all enter the school and before long run into the headmaster. Is that the principal of this prestigious institution? She immediately recognizes that we are out of place and begins verbally chastising us for coming into the school without permission. Get out, pervs! No children for you! That's not what she said. Oh, that's I what like, I wow. imagine. <laughs> I was like, I can tell he knows you. What's his own little spin? I can tell right away that being a student of this woman would be very tough. She had a way of talking to all of us that made us feel like we were in trouble. <laughs> we were. And <laughs> yeah, you're suspected for murder, and you're hanging out of the school. <laughs> you're making all the wrong moves. Right after how to decapitate someone. <laughs> yeah. She made us feel like we were in trouble and would be heading to detention soon. I scrambled to regain my composure and begin to explain to her why we are there. I asked her if she heard about the murder that took place by the pond last night. She acknowledged that she had. I then told her we were in the process of investigating this murder. <laughs> and we're, we're trying to find clues that would help us solve the case. <laughs> I feel like at the end of this, you're going to rip off the headmaster's mask and reveal like it's the old like swamp owner. You'll be like, the old owner of the swamp, Mr. Jenkins. And he'll be like, ah, I would have gotten away with it, too. I then, I then asked her about the castle next door. However, no sooner did the words about the castle come out of my mouth did the woman's demeanor swiftly shift. No one has been in that building for years, she snipes back. <laughs> I could tell by her change in attitude and tone in her voice that we have struck a sensitive chord realizing that we had hit another dead end we proceeded to leave the tiny school and make our way back to the coffee shop to reassess what we have discovered thus far which is nothing a few minutes later (laughs) we find ourselves sitting at the same table we'd been consuming our morning coffee at a few hours ago of course we all feel a bit stumped as it did not seem like we found any solid leads as to the cause of the headless man's untimely death As luck would have it, we did not need to wait long to find the leads we've been looking for. Several moments later, another group of locals poured into the coffee, or into the cafe. They were all talking and laughing with one another as they stopped in. At first, there didn't seem to be anything unusual about this site. Yet, as I examined them further, I could see that each member of this group was holding a large metal tuning, a large metal tuning for their hands. Huh? Tuning like song, like the like, like a tuning fork. Tuning yeah, fork, it's yeah. supposed to say tuning fork in their hands. Oh, oh, tuning fork. Okay, there you go. Tuning fork in the hands. Excuse me, I say to the group. May I ask you why you are each carrying a large tuning fork? <laughs> One of the older. <laughs> One of the older gentlemen in the group stepped forward and says, Well, hell, I'll do you one better. 
I won't just tell you. I'll show you. <laughs> he then pulls out a small metal cylind- cylindrical bar from his pocket and began tapping the large tuning fork. Sometimes he'd tap it softly. <laughs> Other times with a bit more force. <laughs> it was as if he was trying to get it to vibrate at a very particular frequency. <laughs> I feel like we should create a, a, exactly a list of things what a that tuning fork is, Danny. <laughs> trying to get it to vibrate at a very specific frequency. <laughs> I do think, though, there is a world where we should just collect all the things that Danny writes that sound like he's talking about sex. <laughs> so many of them. And just compile them all up into. He tapped it once gently, and then I tapped it a little bit harder. <laughs> I'm trying to get it to vibrate it. After a few seconds, that optimal frequency must have been attained as he stopped hitting the tuning fork and instead lifted the top of the tuning fork toward his head and proceeded to wave it back and forth in front of his neck. At first, I thought what I was seeing was some sort of optical illusion. But as I leaned in closer, I could see that this was no magic trick. The tuning fork was somehow traveling right through his neck. After the show was over, the man started to explain to me that each person's body is constantly running at a very specific resonance, and if one could figure out what that level was, they could then learn what frequency would be required to allow solid objects to travel right through their bodies without harming them. He lets me know that many people in this town belong to a special club in which they practice and perfect their tuning fork skills. Isn't this what uh, the flash does to go through walls? Yes. This new information gets my mind churning. Did you hear about the man who's, who was found dead by the pond this morning, I asked? Yes. He was a dear friend of ours. Actually, he was a member of our club, the older <laughs> man replied. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, I tell him. I then excuse myself as I realize that this may be the explanation we've been searching for. Huzzah! Perhaps the man (laughs) was out by the pond practicing his tuning fork exercises. Then something went wrong, causing his frequency to change. If this happened while he was performing the maneuver through his neck, that could explain how his head was cut off. If nothing else... This was a better working theory than anything else we'd conjured up this afternoon. <laughs> really? <laughs> Try explaining that to the cops. <laughs> That's a better theory than like a knife or an axe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a vibrating tuning fork, did it? <laughs> so I decided to head over to the local police department to let them know what I had learned. In hopes of nothing would suspicious give, about give that. Them a lead to follow <laughs> that did not end up resulting in our arrest. So I, hey guys, I know you guys haven't even seen us, but I heard about the man whose head fell off, and I have a theory. I think it's a vibrating tuning fork, not for people playing baseball by the pond. <laughs> <laughs> However, as I walked through the town with the cool evening breeze blowing in my face, I couldn't shake the feeling that although this newly acquired solution seemed very plausible, there was still something sinister in the air. Sure, this explanation may keep us out of trouble for the time being, but I could not in good consciousness give the police an angle to pursue that would leave a potential killer out on the streets. It was at about this time I found myself passing the old scary-looking castle in the middle of town. 
my gut tells me something or someone is in there. And it's up to me to find out who or what it is. At that moment, I changed my plans from one that included telling the police about the turn tuning fork hypothesis to one that involved breaking and entering into the chilling castle after nightfall. I then turned around to head back toward the cafe to let the guys know about the change of plans and what it was we were really going to do tonight. This is when I woke up. Oh, what? We don't get an answer? Yeah. No, see, that's the thing. Like, uh, a lot of times, we don't get answers. And so what I really like, and nobody has yet to do this, because we have like 10 people that listen to us, including us. Um, nobody has written an end to the story. <laughs> I, I want, think. I want the end. <laughs> I think it was the headmistress. That's my theory. Oh, because it's you got see. the word Head. Said the word head in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well done. But I think she dressed up as Kai to do the murders. So, <laughs> and that's part of it. What about it was suspicious that I thought she grabbed that Kai grabbed my hand, but apparently he grabbed my head. Yeah, that was her. <laughs> that's why when you asked Kai about it later, he said he didn't remember. That part wasn't in the dream, but we're just going to add a little bit of details here to support my theory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there is dream number thirty-two: the pond, or AKA pond thing. <laughs> the pond no, lot. Pond lot. Or no, the pond lot. That's what it was. Pond lot, not pond or swamp lot. lot. Swamp lot. There we go. Swamp. Yeah. Swamp lot. Swamp lot. Took a while to get back to where we were. Remember. <laughs> pond thing. No pond yeah. lot. No swamp thing. <laughs> if by any chance anybody out there in the world would like to finish the dream and really come up with an ending on what happens when we go into that castle, feel free to type it up or send it our way via our website or social media pages. We'd love to take a look at it, and if you do, we'll read it. But uh, we just make sure that uh, you'll be back for, let's see, because number 32 is on, or number 33 is on its way. You never know where Danny's mind will take us. <laughs> so, um, hopefully y'all are, enjoyed that. We uh, visited so many different places on Earth and yes, off Earth. We so have. many parking We've gone lots. So many places. <laughs> it has now become a theme, or more of a theme of parking lots, but eventually we'll get away from that and we'll go somewhere else. <laughs> so, but thanks everybody for listening and Catch us next time. We'll see you later. Bye.